Welcome back to another episode of Q-Tips, the special feature from the Video Store Junkies podcast, where we try to serve as a shining beacon of light in the darkest night of trying to find something to watch on your favorite streaming service. As always, I am Zachary Edgerton, and I am joined by Paul and Renee tonight. And we have a special guest, Bill Mulligan, joining us. Uh, he was here a couple of weeks ago. We had to actually put him in timeout because people complained that he used the term rapey fishman too much when he was talking about humanoids from the deep. But he is back. Bill, welcome. Uh, let, let's start off with uh, let's start off with Renee tonight, though, because I think she has some good picks and I'm interested to hear what they are. Uh, my my theme for my picks is all in the family. <laughs> and <laughs> this first. Oh yeah, this first film was recommended to me by my nephew. Um, yes, mm. it, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's the better one of the two. Uh, it is a the two nephews. Horror... That's kind of harsh. How <laughs> <laughs> do you think the oh, other one feels right if now? If they're listening, they now they know which one is the favorite. Yeah, I meant, I meant the better one of the movie recommendations. Clearly, I love I you won't both. Let them hear it. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't listen anyway. They don't love us that oh, much. <laughs> this is a horror slash found footage movie again. I'm so sorry if you don't like those. It's my jam. Uh, it is the 2015. Actually, this is a series, but the first movie is the 2015 Hell House LLC. It is uh, Stephen Cognetti's first feature film. And in 2019, 15 people were killed during a haunted house tour, and a documentary crew visits the scene to investigate what lead what led up to the tragedy and uncover the mystery of what went wrong that night. Uh, I really enjoy this series. I find it very entertaining, and it's one of those that I could just I'll just watch it again. It's kind of like the descent. I'll just watch it over and over again. Um, Good recommendation by my nephew. Hopefully, it'll be a good recommendation for everyone else. Okay, what was and the name of this movie again? It is Hell House LLC. Okay, you I know, did, like I, I've seen this, and it was it was entertaining. It was, yeah. Well, thank you. And there's three. Uh, I like three. the uh, this. Yeah, there's actually three of them, and I feel like they they really. It was a good good story. They wrapped it up nicely. Um, very happy with the whole the whole situation so yeah oh boy after a certain it. point though if you keep going back into that house you really only have yourself to blame <laughs> it is true that is true <laughs> uh so i'm gonna pass this off and i'm gonna go ahead and pass it off to you bill oh hey uh okay so let me just get up here i want to recommend uh, this is on shutter vfw it's uh, directed by Joe Begos, and it's about a bunch of grizzled hard drinking veterans at a VFW, very close to reality. I've been in these places. And a, um, a young woman, a desperate young woman with a bag full of drugs and an entire army of punk thugs on her tail goes in there and they decide to protect her as best they can using, you know, cue sticks and their knowledge of dynamite from Nam and and it's it's great because it's one of my my favorite subgenres, which is uh, and increasingly becoming my favorite uh, subgenre, which is old guys kicking the ass of punks who richly deserve it. I wonder why that could be. Nice. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I think they've just gotten better as I've gotten older. Um, <laughs> they've really captured that. And and you know, I mean, look, it's it's paint by numbers stuff. You know exactly what's going to happen pretty much when the the villains are stupidly over the top, but you know they're punks. And they, they take these old guys um, not very seriously, which is a huge mistake. Because when, 
when guys are like old and they're in a there's a, there's a quote somewhere about beware of a guy who's old in a profession that usually you get killed when you're young because he's either really bad <laughs> at the job or really really good and, and so it's fun just watching these guys take him out it's gory it's it's filmed in that high contrast uh style that makes every you know you know i like those ads on tv where the guys are sweating gatorade as they dunk baskets it's kind of like that only it's more blood and brain tissue so there's a there's a lot it's very wet and splattery it's got a bright cheery candy color look to it i like it a lot it's a lot of fun and a, and a good positive message for the youth of today you know, don't mess with old this. people yeah yeah don't mess <laughs> with old people seriously you know you don't know yeah you think it's easy what these people who keep going after like old, old people in the street, old Asian people in the street. One day, one day, they're going to pick on the wrong one, and it's it's, it's going to be uh, Ricky O, right there. And I'm going to oh. I'm going to stand up and applaud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my first film today is Antarctic Journal from 2005. Again, that's Antarctic Journal. It's currently like playing on. Uh, 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 <laughs> nope, it isn't. Okay. It's okay. currently playing on Tubi, Asian Crush. And Korea on Demand. Ooh. So yes, this is a Korean film. Yes. It's directed by uh, Pil Sung Yim, and it's written by him and Hei Jun Lee and Bong Joon Ho, who I mispronounced his name, I'm sure, but the guy who did uh, the hosts and and of oh. course uh, uh, Parasite and all those. Uh, it is so basically you have a team of six men on an expedition to the Pole of Inaccessibility in our in Antarctica. So basically the literally the hardest place to reach in Antarctica. And they come across a journal from a British expedition from 80 years earlier that was doing the same uh, trek and an ill-fated British expedition. And as mm -hmm. they read the journal, they start noticing similarities between that, that 80, that journal, that expedition from 80 years earlier and theirs. And it's a very creepy, very atmospheric psychological horror. It's absolutely gorgeously shot. Apparently, they shot it in New Zealand, but it it you you believe you really you, you, yeah they actually you you can you absolutely buy that it's it's Antarctica, but mm. it's gorgeously shot. It's mm. enigmat enigmatic and really filled with paranoia. It's well worth seeking out. Again, that's called Antarctic Journal. Um, showing on Tubi, Asian Crush, and of course, for all of those who subscribe to Korea On Demand, there's that as well. Um, so, uh, Zach, how about you? What have you got? Well, you know, I think I think I'm going to make it a, a hat trick for mentioning humanoids from the deep because uh, last week <laughs> we mentioned. Well, no, actually, I, I take that back because the the other episode I'm thinking about hasn't been released yet, so never mind. Um, but I am going to mention something that's humanoids from the deep uh, adjacent, which is actually a TV show. And the name of the show is Cultastic Tales from the Trenches with Roger and Julie Corman. And it's available oh, on wow. Fubo, Tubo, Tubi, Shout TV, Plex, and VRV. And the premise of this show is it's pretty much just a like 45 minute show. Uh, I think there are like 10 or 12 episodes. And each episode is just Roger and Julie Corman just talking about the like several hundred films they have made. And it's oh, super wow. entertaining. If there's one thing, I mean, obviously, Roger Corman has has <laughs> a million stories to tell, and he loves talking about all the films that he's been involved with over his career. And, you know, it's nothing earth shattering. They don't like dish any dirt, but it's really fun just to hear him kind of reminisce about a lot of the things that he's done in the past. I mean, he's a very he's very, very candid about everything that he's done. So it's, it's kind of funny to hear him 
you know, a lot of times you'll hear Hollywood producers talking like code or like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't actually want to be honest. No, he, he's super honest. He'll be like, yeah, yeah. So we made this one. Uh, Star Wars came out. So we made like three science fiction movies to knock it off. And but yeah, it's really fun. I've only watched a couple of episodes so far, but I believe uh, basically each episode deals with kind of a different genre that uh, he has worked on in the past. So I think there's like there's one on science fiction. There's, you know, one on uh, uh, horror. Um, But yeah, it's really fun. If you like Roger Corman's film at all or if you like schlock films, then you will definitely enjoy hearing him and his wife talk about him. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, oh, Renee nice recommendation. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, I, I hadn't even heard of this. I was actually just looking cause I didn't even realize that shout has their own like free, like ad supported player. I was like, Oh, I wonder, you know, if there's anything interesting on there and that popped up and I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is definitely, definitely worth getting into. Um, I'll side, side note, super side note. If you like this show, he also, Roger Corman has a book that he published. I think it was probably like 20 years ago at this point, but it's yeah. called, I think, uh, how I made a hundred movies in Hollywood and never lost a dime or something like that. I'm probably paraphrasing, but you no, can go I look it up. That, I think that's the actual title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it. I read it ages ago. Yeah. It's such a great book. Again, if you like Roger Corman, if you like to hear him reminisce and tell stories, he goes into, you know how, Oh yeah, we went out to shoot this one movie and we found out that we had three extra days on the location. So we, you know, wrote another movie that night and shot it in three days, that sort of thing. It's great. Yeah. Um, Really great. Great man. Great stories. Love him. Uh, you know, loved him in Silence of the Lambs, too. Uh, Renee, how about you? <laughs> so uh, my next pick, I believe I should have called this all in Paul's family. I believe this. <laughs> I believe that this will be Paul's mom approved. Oh, perfect. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully she hasn't seen it yet. <laughs> the second time. Sure. Yes. Our number. I got to cater to our number one fan. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a black comedy psychological thriller. It's from 2010, and it is The Perfect Host. It was written and directed by Nick Tomney, and it stars David Hyde Pierce and the punchable Clayne Crawford, and even Helen Reddy, for those Helen Reddy fans out there. Yeah. A uh, crook is on the run, and his everybody they know you know kind of what's going on with him where he's at what he's driving so he needs to find a place to kind of duck and cover he manages to get his way into this house and attend a dinner party and the host is uh quite an eccentric uh man played by david hyde pierce uh who has really a great uh performance and if you like him i think you'll really like this movie a lot um had a great time watching it uh, I watched it again the other day to just kind of rehash it. And I thought to myself, well, I'll probably skip through a lot of it. Uh, and I ended up pretty much watching the whole thing. It's just very good. And I recommend it. How about you, Bill? Uh, oh, just to repeat, that is the perfect host. And I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention where this is available. It's available on Amazon Prime. Hell House, mm-hmm. is, Hell House LLC rather is also available on Amazon Prime. I do want to throw in another recommendation for the host, um, the perfect host. Cause oh, I, yeah, that, that is, a, that is a fun movie. I, I did. I have not it. seen that. That's, that's good. Oh yes. Uh, I recommend I, it. You should watch it. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a documentary, um, blood and flesh, the real life and ghastly death of Al Adamson on shutter. And even if you're not a big documentary fan, which is too bad, cause this is a golden age of great documentaries, especially when it comes to genre films. Al Adamson is is one of those filmmakers. He was not good, 
he was he was better than some of the not good directors you know the the ed woods and the uh larry buchanan's and, you know there's a whole group there some of them are i just find them unwatchable his stuff is fun to watch it's they're cobbled together he was infamous for like taking bits and pieces of his films and reshooting some stuff and then releasing them again so somehow a biker movie got turned into dracula versus frankenstein which is unbelievable if you ever watch that film i mean what a mess he would have old-time actors who were on their last legs which is kind of sad but you know it's a paycheck and and you know so they're just going through his life he seems like a lovable rogue um probably more lovable if you're not one of the people who you know he didn't pay which seems to be most of the folks who worked on his films but you know that's how you know that's how it works but it comes to a bad end and the, and i'm not spoiling anything i mean that's all over the the description and everything else but you know watch it and see what happens but it's it's sad because and just a safety tip to our audience out there because we care if there's a local guy kind of a drifter a loner you might say don't bring him into your house to do housework and yard work <laughs> and things because the inevitable ending is uh summed up in the phrase he was identified by his dental records. Okay, so that's how it's nope. going to end. There's a reason why these people are drifters. You know, because they, they got to leave the place where they buried the last body. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, you're, you're screaming at the at the, at the TV, Al, don't do it. But, of course, he can't answer. Um, and, and it's, I mean, this was this was the big uh, thing for everybody is that his his demise was very much like an Al Adamson movie. I mean, it could have come right out of one of his flicks, maybe with a few more Frankenstein monsters or something. And so definitely worth watching and uh, maybe maybe preferable to actually sitting through most of Al's movies. But I have a certain affection for him uh, more than, than, than some of these uh, guys. It's a shame that he didn't live long enough to see how all these films have become celebrated and and everything. You know, he would have had a great time on the convention circuit. I certainly would have bought him a drink. Mm. But yeah, Blood and Flesh, The Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson, with a wonderful cover that looks like it was painted by uh, Basil Gogos for uh, uh, Famous Monsters of Filmland. So um, my first, of course, my first one was Antarctic Journal and was a Korean film directed by Pil Sung Yim. This is Doomsday Book, a Korean film where one of the directors is Pil Sung Yim. So again, that's Doomsday Book from 2012. The Korean title actually translates to Report on the Destruction of Mankind. It is an, antho it. it's an, it's an anthology film. So Pil Sung Yim was one of the directors. The other director was Ji Woon Kim, who directed other films like I Saw the Devil and one of my favorites, Ooh. Tale of Two Sisters. Um, but again, we're talking about Doomsday Book. It's currently showing on Amazon Prime, YouTube with ads, Hoopla, Tubi, Pluto TV, Dark Matter TV with ads, and of course the the totally not racistly named Haya. If you have the description to that, oh one. boy, yeah. <laughs> wow. There's so there's three stories. Each deal sort of with the end of the world, but in in completely different, even like concepts of what the end of the world would mean. The first one is called Brave New World, and it's basically a let's just say a ra rotten apple leads to really bad consequences. For the world then you have the heavenly creature 
where there's a robot that's at a uh, um, Buddhist monastery and the robot has claimed that it has reached enlightenment and a, um, a, hmm. a tech support guy is sent to kind of figure out if that's the case or if it just is a bug. Um, and then there's happy birthday where a lost eight ball from a pool table leads to horrendous consequences, but also manages to somehow bring together a dysfunctional family. So these films that this film is like a lot of Korean films, the, the tone can shift, but it doesn't feel, but it feels natural the way it shifts. You definitely have a lot of humor in these. You also have, um, you, you have some horror, you have the comedy, you have a little bit of comedy, uh, very thought provoking. Um, and for a film that deals with the end of the world, ultimately is, is very life affirming. Um, it's, it's just a great film. It's really kind of hard to describe because they are, the stories are not necessarily reconnected, but it doesn't matter because it, it's just thematically they are, and it's, it's really well done. So again, that's doomsday book from 2012 playing on way too many services. Um, so <laughs> how about you, Zach? What have you got lined up? So my final pick is a spaghetti Western from the director of such classics as 1990, the, Bo the Bronx Warriors, oh! uh, Enzo G. Castellari. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing that back to one of uh, Renee's earlier recommendations. <laughs> and I am talking about 1976's Kiyoma starring Franco Nero. Now, oh this is a movie. My God. <laughs> yeah, okay. Obviously, obviously, Bill has seen it. This is a film that I saw a while back, and it's weird because I'm not a huge fan of spaghetti. I'm not really a huge fan of westerns, but, uh, you know, if I'm going to watch one, it's going to be a spaghetti western. And this one stuck with me. It's about Franco Nero, uh, oddly plays a man who's supposed to be half native, which, if you know anything about what Franco Nero looks like, you probably wouldn't buy that for a moment. But, and he is coming back from the Civil War, and he finds out that his kind of hometown is controlled by this crime boss, uh, which it, it, he's running a gang that includes his uh, adopted brothers. And so there's a bunch of revenge and a bunch of violence, as you usually find in spaghetti westerns. There are two things that make this one st stand out above a lot of other films oh, yeah. in the genre. Okay, I'm going to mention, I'm gonna mention the, the thing that I actually really like about this movie first, which is the camera work is like, insanely yes. good like i don't I, it's so unique i don't think i've ever seen a film with camera work like this before it's not just the cinematography it's not just like the the framing of the shots and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but it's the fact that the camera is almost a character in and of itself it's always moving right. it's it's got this like there's even a scene where kiyoma sits down with his adopted father and he's it's literally just a scene it's just a dialogue scene and but the camera is still just like moving the entire time and I don't know. I, I've never seen a film like that before. I think I think it's I think it's honestly worth watching just for that, even if you're not a huge spaghetti western fan. If you don't like the genre, it's definitely worth checking out just because it's so unique. And, and then there's and also the, the soundtrack. Second part was the second thing you liked was what Zach? <laughs> well, I okay. So I, <laughs> and I, for some reason I don't actually remember. Maybe I didn't pick up on it when I first watched it. But the soundtrack involve uh, the soundtrack includes a lot of original songs. Uh, for uh -huh. that were obviously written for this movie, and you can kind of tell that because the 
songs, oddly enough, pretty much just narrate what's going on in the movie in, in very, yes. very literal ways. Like there's, I mean, I, I don't actually remember any of the lyrics, but there's like a song where he's like going across the plane and the woman will be saying, Kiyoma, you're now riding across the plane. You're on your horse and you're riding across the plane. That sort of thing. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Bill, do you want to say, do you want to say anything about Kiyoma? Oh, oh yes, I do. Okay. So this, okay. This is the most amazing soundtrack in the history of soundtracks. You've got to, what, what what Zach has said is true. It's like there's this Greek chorus. Yes. That consists yes, of exactly. two people. One of them is like a young Judy Collins. And and she has been kidnapped by a Mongolian throat singer who has been gargling with whiskey and razor blades and is trying to be the next Leonard Cohen. You can't, oh, I, 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 I can't even describe what it's like. She's doing her oh, and like going up and down and all over. She's hitting all the octaves. And then this guy comes on it. And, and, and you're like, am I insane? Did they drop acid or something? It is unbelievable. And, and, and you want to laugh and you do laugh. And then you kind of get sucked into it. And, you know, it's one of those things, if you watch this too often, you'll be humming these things as you're walking around and people will think you're a crazy person. Um, oh man, it is, it is just so amazing. I, I love, I do like the editing in this film. It's got that, you know, there was just that time when they were going crazy where like they'd rediscovered Westerns. Now they were using yeah. modern techniques of slow motion and but slow motion. Oh man. Extreme close-ups. Like I'm watching his skin cells divide right in front of my yes. eyes. Just madness. It, it's a lot like the original Django, which I believe, it would not surprise me if this was intended to be an unofficial sequel because Django had about a thousand unofficial sequels. Uh, it's it's just, yeah, I, I love those old spaghetti westerns. If you ever get a chance, Zach, I don't know if you'll ever be able to find it, but look for uh, Django Kill, If You Live, Shoot, which already is an amazing uh, title, but it's got yeah, things I in it that are just hard to even describe. <laughs> I think that I think that one might be on this one I watched because I, I recently subscribed to the Arrow Player and they have a bunch of uh, well not a bunch but they have a small selection of spaghetti westerns I know they have a Django on there which I have not rewatched it yet I watched that a long time ago but I think mm. they might have one or two of the other the sequels or unofficial sequels so yeah I'll keep an eye out for that yeah and Franco Nero doesn't look very American Indian at all but he is a striking presence oh God yes um, he his he, his yeah, his he eyes. kill a man I mean, with his stare. Yeah, that's right. Those those movies. One thing I like about those movies is they cast. They weren't going for pretty boys. That's for damn yeah. sure. Um, all those surgically the only movies and everything. They've got genuinely grotesque looking people in them, which kind of gives you a feel. I really feel like that's far more authentic of what it was like in the Wild West before we discovered that you could actually bathe more than once a month without <laughs> any ill effects. So yeah. That's that's a good pick. I, that one took me by surprise. I haven't thought about Kielman in a long time, but yeah, yeah, that was. Oh, I think about it every day, my friend. Every day, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe because I'm listening to the soundtrack every day. But um, <laughs> cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Does anyone have any last recommendations they want to slip in before we sign off? No. Uh, no, but it sounds like you have a, a movie that has some songs. Oh God, in it. no! Yeah, if, yeah if, we should. <laughs> if I could, look, I'll, I'll edit. I'll edit one of them into the <laughs> yeah. as I'm as I'm going reviewing our picks. But there's no way I was going to try to try to learn the lyrics, much less sing one. 
So yeah, I think that's it for uh, the weekend of Friday, April 30th. Those are our picks. Hopefully there is something in that group of selections that you will watch and enjoy. And until next time, uh, we don't have a sign-off phrase. So <laughs> see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs> Now you've done already what you should have. You've done even more than you could do. Stop your fighting and find find your place. My apologies, I got a little bit distracted by by the music. Uh, Once again, our picks for tonight were as follows from Renee. Hell House LLC, which is streaming on Shudder, Prime Video, Roku Channel, Tubi, Screenbox, and Popcorn Flicks, and The Perfect Host, which is currently streaming on Prime Video, the Roku Channel, Hoopla, Voodoo, Tubi, Canopy, Pluto TV, and Plex. And Paul recommended Antarctic Journal, which is currently streaming on Tubi, Asian Crush, and Korea On Demand, and Doomsday Book, which is currently on Prime Video, YouTube, Hoopla, Tubi, Pluto TV, Dark Matter, and Haya. Bill suggested VFW, which is on Shudder, and Blood and Flesh, The Real Life and Ghastly Death of Al Adamson, which is also on Shudder as well as Tubi. And I suggested Cultastic, Tales from the Trenches with Roger and Julie Corman, which is currently streaming on Fubo, Tubi, Shout TV, Plex, and VRV, and Kiyoma, which is currently playing on Aeroplayer, Tubi, Voodoo Free, and Roku Channel. And if you watch that one, you can hear a lot more just like this. Ooh.